Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest preachings from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. We're going to come out of the title, Appetite. And I know, I know, I mean, I love to eat, I don't know, you... I love to eat vegetables as well, if you're judging me already. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that the cameras are not, you know, being non-generous with me, less optimal, as a friend from Switzerland would say, um, that we have here in the team, that he's in the soundboard right there. And, uh, but we were going to come out of Exodus, Exodus 16.9. And uh, we're going we're gonna to go straight into it, if we can. And he says, Exodus 16.9 says, Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. Verse 10 says, while Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in a cloud. The Lord said to Moses, verse 12 says, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight, you will eat meat and in the morning, You will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I am the Lord, your God. Verse 13 says that that evening quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. There was like something surrounding the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, they asked each other, what is it? For they did not know what was it. Moses said to them, it is the bread of the Lord that has been given to you to eat. And this is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer, that was a measuring, for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told, and some gathered, some gathered, some gathered much, and some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one that gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. In verse 20, we finish with this one. says, however, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. Is there something smelling in your life? So Moses was angry with them. Father, thank you for your word as we go to it. Father, would you reveal your heart? to us. Before we dive into the context of this, I really want to share something. Several years ago, I was in South Africa, and uh, I, was, I was part of a team of missionaries, you know, and we were bringing the Gospels in some areas um, in, in the region, and uh, we, we, were, we were in the region of Bethlehem. And as we were we're having contacts and we were like listening to what God wanted to do. We went to this squatter camp. And as we were praying day in and day out, we saw so many miracles. We saw miracles left and right. 
things that I could explain, things that I could not explain. And I'm coming from a very Western, very Western place of living. So bear with me, because at a certain moment, I was already expecting the ridiculous of God to happen. I was expecting what no one would actually be able to explain because I had seen people in masses getting healed. And I know that's not the general context of today. And maybe that's why God wants to bring this word because honestly, I just got so spoiled by seeing God move and do whatever He wanted that I was not able to appreciate the moment. And as I am there standing, there was a woman, a woman that had not walked for 26 years. And I was part of a team and we had been showing a film and then we had been praying for people and it was the usual, like what you know of a Western outreach into a place like this. But the Lord had so much more that Westerns were not ready for, but the people in the area were thirsty for it. That's when I knew a God that responds to appetite. I had an appetite. I still have an appetite. I'm hoping that you have an appetite. In that moment, the appetite of a woman, she was sitting on the porch. She was near to the, to the field that we're standing on and we had set up. And, and the Lord had something special to do to her and with her and for her and through her. We were going to do what God wanted that day, but we didn't know about it. So we were just there, and I remember I was tired. It just looked like God was healing left and right, and anyone who wanted to be healed, they would be healed. But this woman that could not walk actually called for us. He said, hi, if you can come, and she sent someone, essentially, and, and she said, if you could come to me and to pray for me, that would be amazing. And the translator came and said, there's a woman you know, literally at the other side of the field, can you come? And in my arrogance, and I would say stupidity, bear with me. I was so arrogant that I say, if that woman believes in God, she can come over. I didn't know what was that she wanted to be prayed for. But I was tired and I had lost my appetite. I had lost my, lost my appetite for what God could do. That lady had an appetite that I didn't have. It's not because of what she needed. It's because of what she was expecting. She saw so many people actually being healed that she grew expectant of what God could do for her. She saw her reality and that didn't mean that she couldn't have it. That didn't mean that she was not included for her. As it is for us today, it meant that she could be part of what God was doing, what God is doing. If we're going to see this through the lens of today, because this is the word of the Lord today. Appetite is actually what releases the flow of the hand of God. This lady, as I was rebuked by God because I was there and being very cocky about all the things that we had done. I was trying to put things away and gear and cables and so on. And God said, who are you? And I was like, um, and that sounds very very simple to hear God and then God rebukes you like that. Who are you? It sounds simple, but when you hear it, be careful <laughs> because it makes everything in you shake. And I remember that nothing was more clear that night than when God rebuked me. Sometimes God will say the blessings in a whispering voice, but the rebukes, they will come in a very clear, loud voice. So now I, I am now in that moment saying, oh, who am I? 
And I'm thinking, okay, what have I done, isn't it? So I'm just there. And God says, who are you to stop what I want to do in my relationship with this woman? I've chosen you to do what I want you to do. Who are you to stop what I want to do? In that moment, I understood that was my arrogance. And I actually kind of like walked back from it and said, where, where is the woman? I got the same translator to come and join me. And we walk into this lady. They have built a specific chair for this lady because she had not walked for several years, as I said. And in that moment, I just realized that I was wanting, because of my arrogance and my understanding, to stop something she had an appetite for. She was longing. She was expecting something from God himself. But I was not in a position to provide it. Because I had a different story behind me. Sometimes when we don't have the same story, we can try to quench the appetite of someone else that is behind it. But when the Lord comes over you and when you're doing what he wants you to do, you feel the presence of God. You feel when God says, Oi, who are you to want to stop me? Nothing can stop God. As the people of Israel, they were there as a community. They were talking about what they needed. They were talking about, they were grumbling about what they needed. This lady was actually talking about what she needed. She talked to others. And as I might, I might have just stumbled upon a miracle, I walked there. I brought someone in from the team that I was leading. I'm, I'm leading someone that I don't have the faith to take to the situation. But I took him anyways because God was rebuking me just three seconds before, three meters away. And I just walked through this field with this with this lad, with this mate, you know, with this friend. And I, was, I said to him, you know what, prepare for what it is that God wants to do. Inside of me, I'm saying, I hope he does it quick. And sometimes we put our own time on what God wants to do. And in this season, sometimes we wish God will do it quick. But the Spirit of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, cannot be timed by our own desires. But we are only left to have a craving for it that drives us near. God wants to become near. In this season, God wants to become near. And this lady wanted the miracle. So as I walked into the house, I saw, I just kind of, I've been taught to just kind of like really exercise what I'm seeing. And I was assessing the house and the premises. And I saw there was a group of people surrounding the lady. I could not see her very clearly. The lights were very dim. It was only torches around. We walked in and this lady for sure was sitting on a chair and she looked like she had been sitting for a while. And I asked her and the translator helped us, my mate and I. And we asked her, what are you expecting from God? And those are the words of today. When you have an appetite, you have expectations. As a church, God is calling us to have an expectation. I feel the Holy Spirit talking right now. This is better than my notes. I sang the truth because the expectations of this lady was actually drawing it out. Drawing it out. She was pulling it from inside of me. I was arrogant. I was distant. But the Lord that knew her heart and her expectations of Him, 
He was making him near through me, even beyond my arrogance, my absence, my lack of understanding. And I asked her in, in the most simple way, very doubtfully, to be very honest, I got I to gotta come clean on this one. I didn't know, and I honestly didn't believe God could do much in that moment, but God taught me better. Because that's what happens when you come near. Because we know God is in the room. And as a generation, we have been taught that God in His presence is always there and is always for you. But that's just half of the truth. That's a limited truth that keeps us being humanistic and limited to living the glory of God. I knew God was in that park. I saw Him change and heal people in other circumstances. But I was distant. I was so distant. I thought that if she wanted a miracle, she had to come near. But God said, no. For God so loved the world that I stooped. I, I came near because I love. And she was ready for that love. To cut it short and to continue, that lady, after 26 years of not walking, she stood up. To my surprise, when we say, in the name of Jesus, do you believe you can be healed? She said, I believe. Translators went in and out, you know, and so on. They wanted to make sure that she was understanding. And she stood up. And I just had the opportunity, the experience. I was exposed, like we were talking last week about being exposed to the glory of God. I was exposed to a lady that she had not walked. I was able to be pulled by God beyond my arrogance and my understanding of the move of God. To a moment where he was near to his daughter. I don't remember her name, but I know who God was for her. I understood what he wanted to do with her, and I understood how much he meant for her through the actions of God. We serve a God that has actions. And our appetite will try, will actually pull of us, will demand of us actions. Appetite is only traced by demand. Appetite is only traced by demand. In the word that we're reading today, she was healed in Africa. But in the word that we're living and we're reading today, the word that God has given us for today, we see the people of Israel talking about mana or M-A-N-N-A or in Spanish M-A-N-A, mana. That actually what it means is it. What is it? The people of Israel were provided by God in the midst of their need. They were brought out from Egypt and what was providing for them, even if it was bad, even if it was enslaving them, even if our last season has been trying to enslave us, God has brought us out. God wants to provide for us. And God starts providing always through things that we don't expect. I was not expecting God to do Something so ridiculous. I saw people being delivered and being freed and being healed. But I was definitely not expecting to see, at least once in my life, a lady start walking after 26 years of not walking. She had been having problems since 24 years before. And then 26 later, God was healing her. She was walking. Her story changed. And today we see the people of Israel in the same place. God wanted to provide for them. Because when God brings you out of a place, 
that you had provision, even if it's what is it was bad for you, God will bring you into a place that He provides for you. It doesn't matter how good is the provision if we're not hungry. It says the manna actually in Hebrew meant, meant what is it? And the people of Israel were trying to understand it. But how good is it? Am I going to have a taste for it? I didn't stay longer, way longer really, than when the healing happened that night in that squatter camp in Bethlehem, South Africa. I didn't stay. I don't know how her story is today, but I know it was good. I know it was so good that it changed her story. I know it was so good that probably she will actually have to walk through the streets that someone had pushed her before. Or maybe the, the streets that she just had imagined how they looked before. I know that when God changes us and we have an appetite for the, for the impossible, God does things that leave us a little bit strange to everything else. And as the people of Israel, we have to ask, how good is it that God does what we have an appetite for? Sometimes we can see that when God answers our prayers, they're not as good as we, we thought they would taste. As we're talking in, in, in a way of speech that is, is describing our longing for the Spirit and longing for the glory of God, as we're talking with the word of appetite, how good does it taste when God answers your prayers? How good is it? And me, maybe even more, how much more appetite I have. Some of us don't know how much power we have when we pray. And the appetite that we have, we don't know how to use it because we don't understand that when we talk and when we meet with God, there's power, there's a release, there's something that happens. How much appetite do we have, the people of Israel? In this moment, in this passage, they have fallen in the trap to remember everything they had in Egypt. They remember that they would sit around and they have so much more than they had in the desert. And they were grumbling and they were complaining. And God heard that grumbling. Don't you think there that God is so, so holy and so sound that he will not hear even when you're complaining. It is not good to complain. But when you complain, even in your complaints, God listens. We don't have a, a God that is so holy, that is so distant, that if you complain, he stops listening. No, he listens to you complain. He values your assessment of the situation. He values your thoughts. It might not provide because you have a need, but he definitely provides because you have a hunger. Hunger and need are very different things. The world that we live today, because we're hungry of things, we think that we deserve them. But the Lord is there to teach us a difference. There's an abysmal difference between, between what we need and what we're hungry for. And the people of Israel, they were hungry for something better. They didn't have the wherewithal. They didn't have the mind. They didn't have the economical understanding. They didn't have the, the background. They could not even understand how to build what they needed to be able to fester or grow what they wanted. They didn't understand that God would be their provider. They just knew that God had killed their enemy, the same enemy that had provided for them. 
And sometimes when in a season of our life something provides for us, we will go back to it and we'll be tempted to it like we saw a couple weeks ago because you know what? We don't know if we can swim all the way to the shore in the middle of our storm or maybe the Israelites, they were thinking about their Egypt while they were in their desert. But the Spirit of the Lord comes today to say, I, I am the one that knows your appetite." I am the one that orders your appetite. They were trapped in the middle of a familiar, of a transition. They, they were thinking about what they knew, but the Lord said, I know better. Can you listen? Can I get nearer to you? You could be stumbling. You could be blocked. You could be limiting what God wants in this season because you're thinking of the familiar. But the Lord himself today brings a word of deliverance, of understanding for you to understand that if you come near, that you're that, if you're that person that wants to, to exercise an appetite for what is real, what is true, what is just, what is a good measure, what is a timely measure, you would actually be able to taste the will of God. They had seen God. And they had seen God in the distance. And God is actually coming to them but he wants to get nearer. In this season, God wants to get nearer. If we go into the Bible, and I'm not going to go into the verses now because of time. But Moses, later on in life, in Exodus itself, in the book of Exodus, in verse 32, he's having a chat with Joshua. And he's actually going into a tent to actually seek the presence of God because God is wanting them to move on. God already has been for providing, providing from that quail and from, from that manna. But God wants to move on. He's telling Moses, let's move on. And Moses is in that moment. He's looking for God. And Joshua, his man, his mate, is actually going with him to look for God, for his wisdom. But they're looking for wisdom so they can live history. The wisdom of God is only circumstantial, as we're going to say later. But I really feel the Holy Spirit saying, you need a wisdom yesterday. Today, you need to be looking to a God that makes history. As Joshua and Moses head off, they were into a tent that meant a tent of meeting. They were meeting with God. God had just been in a conversation with Moses and said, I will send my angel with you. And Moses said, no, no. And today we could actually stop at the provision of God. God is saying, hey, I will send my best with you. But Moses had that relationship with God, that craving for the presence of God, for this glory. That he said, I don't want your angel, mate. I'm sorry, Michael or Gabriel, whatever it was, you know. I mean, no disrespect, but I'm saying, I just want you. My craving cannot be sufficed by anything else but you. And as a church, as people today, we got we to gotta take a moment and think, am I sufficed with the things that God provides? Even the things that are supernatural. Or am I only sufficed by the presence and the glory, the manifested presence of God? Are we? Are we? Are we? But as we go into Exodus 33, Moses is going into the tent to actually understand what God wants. And he's saying, this has been great, essentially. You can go in your own time and, and read it, but he's saying, 
although it has been great, and we are in this, in this tent, and I know your cloud has surrounded this place, and I know the people in the, in the, in the place have just kind of like stayed in awe that you are meeting with me. I want to know that your presence is going with us. I don't want only the miraculous in my life. And God is asking us, do you have a taste for the miraculous or you have a taste for me? In this season, we're about to see and start exploring how God is just kind of going to open the heavens and do so many things around and in the nations that we are, in the communities that we are. If you can believe it, you will live it. If not, you will just actually hear from it. God is asking you to be in one side or the other. You can join. Don't worry. God is a good, good God. But God is wanting to take you in this direction. Are you going to be in or are you going to be out? The word, the word profane in Greek, actually, if we go into the original, it means the ones that stay outside, outside of a temple. It could be whatever temple because, you know, the Greek had many gods. But essentially for, for the Jewish people, from the people of God, when they will hear, hear this word, for them will be actually that they stayed outside of the glory of God. Not only a temple. They started getting used to, you know, the profane and, and the things that were going on and different gods going on. But they still wanted to be in the glory of God because they had that teaching from generations and generations. I want to be part of these people. I don't want to see the glory of God and stay outside of it. Some people will suffice to know that God is there. And I would say... I was talking with my wife the other day and I was, and I was talking about sometimes we, we're so satisfied with God being in the room. And just picture this as a room. My, my God is in this room and I know it. And I'm secure of it because we have enough theology and interpretation and enough teaching now around the world. We have a thousand billion podcasts that will tell you and swear to you that God is there. But are you experiencing the God that is in your room? Because it's very different for me to be in this room and be still than for me to understand and perceive and even experience the God that moves around the room, that can touch my life, that can change the direction of the moment, the feeling of a room, the temperature, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. That's the God that we serve. The people of Israel were still there. Moses didn't want an angel. He wanted the presence. It was not enough that the presence of God was there. He wanted the glory. He was going even further. He said, the presence, yes, that's good. But if I can ask more than the presence, I want the glory of God. I want your glory in God. Say, okay, take your ornaments out. And I'm not going to walk you through the story so long that you will get bored because I know sometimes... You know, it takes, it takes a minute to actually read the Bible and it's all good, you know, and so on. But when you have a fire inside of you and this is changing your mind and your heart, you will develop an appetite. When you are actually wanting and you're valuing what God is saying to you, when the people of Israel were actually looking at Moses, inside of his tent they saw the cloud of God descend and they stood in the entrance of their tents waiting for what God was going to say to him because they knew he was going to come out and vocalize. He was going to share with them what God had shared with them. 
And maybe as a church today, maybe as his people, we have lost that seal, that seal for his presence and his glory to come and manifest itself among us. We're used to two-hour services, half an hour jobs of actually having worship, two testimonies, and going out with a bang. And later on, we'll see what happens with the rest of the day. If we go on Instagram or we just go and check our crypto. But the reality of life, that when everything is said and done, the Lord of our desert, the Lord that took us out from our Egypt, is still there wanting to meet. Moses will come out of his tent, but the Bible says that the one that will precede him, the one that will actually carry on after him, stayed in the presence of God. Remember this, the ones that stay in the presence will carry on longer. If you are sufficed with instruction, that's great. But remember this, if you stay longer than the instruction, God will catapult you into the conqueror. The promise, what he has after this place. The people will actually understand this word profane as blasphemous, blasphemous. Well, we understand blasphemous today. And actually, God is calling us today to actually even think about this. Have we stayed outside? Are we a bit of this kind of group, blasphemous, blasphemous? Are we outside of the glory? Because we can have the religion, but be outside of the glory. And God is asking us, are we in the glory or are we still having a religion? Because the world doesn't need religion and God is tired of our religion. God is calling us near. God is calling us into His glory. He's calling us into the inside, the circle, to be inside of that cloud, to stay longer. That doesn't mean we'll be ineffective. That means God didn't come to give us a religion like the world did. And that's how many other religions have tried to fortify their arguments around. God didn't come for arguments and he didn't come for religion. He came to give us life and life in abundance. He came to set us free and free indeed. Not to make us slave from something new. Not to make a slave from a, a tendency or a way of living in the desert. Not to be actually freed from one thing and enslaved from the next. He said, I came to give you life and life in abundance. He wants us to have a healthy life that has an appetite. God, God wants to ask us today, where is our hunger? Appetite responds to hunger. And what do we have as an appetite today? What are we hungry for? Do we have a passive hunger do we have a passive hunger for God do we have an appetite are we responding to God because to be very honest our appetite informs our appetite informs our experience with God and as we move and God wants us to be experienced in what he's doing he's asking us like he asked the people of Israel I have abundance but are you looking for me or are you looking for my provision? Our experiences will let us know. Our experiences, our hunger, our appetite will let us know. The people of Israel, they were just there for the manna and the quail. But Moses wanted the presence, the glory. He was the one that was facing it. Joshua was the one to experience it longer. That's why he stayed longer on it. 
And maybe today we have to ask ourselves this question. And maybe this is a word that comes to challenge a little theology, a little understanding, a little standing under God. Is God what we want? Or are we wanting the abundance of God? Don't get me wrong. God has a lot of abundance. And I do want it as well. The people of Israel wanted His abundance. And their experience was according to that. But Moses had a different story. Joshua had a different story. They were hungry for the glory of God. How do we restore our hunger? Maybe. If you're finding yourself now and, and as you hear me, and probably this sounds kind of a bit of aggressive, and God bless you, I'm not being aggressive a little bit. Um, you want to ask yourself, am I hungry for God? Or am I hungry for what He can do for me? Am I hungry for religion? Am I hungry for the feeling that it brings? Am I hungry for what it does with our marriage, with our kids? Am I hungry? Am I hungry? Am I hungry for what He can do? Or am I hungry for the person of God? Because this is what He wants from us. This experience is supposed to, to show us that. What are we hungry for? I'm hungry for what? That's the question. Another story in the Bible, we see the people of Israel in a very, very, very deep spiritual hunger, spiritual need. They were actually there in 2 Samuel 6, and David was trying to bring the Ark of the Covenant back home. And if you know a little bit of the story, they had lost it in battle. They had lost it in between of their lack of commitment to the presence of God. And they, and they thought because they knew about God, the presence of God will always be there. But God wanted to teach us and them a lesson. Them in the moment, us in history, looking back. And as God teaches us, but that you know God doesn't mean your presence is going to be certified. And for them, the Ark of the Covenant was a symbol of His presence. And we understand that Jesus died for us and all of us. And every sin is, is actually forgiven through His blood. But we got to understand that beyond that, our experience has everything to do with how we follow the cross. And how we follow the glory of God and the presence of God. Not my will, but your will. Not that I do whatever I want. And that might sound hard to the humanistic ears of today. And I love it if you click off. But for the ones that want to know the story... And how God wants to relate with truth. God says, you know what? I have more. If you want to click off after half an hour of a message because it didn't go straight to what you needed and you wanted and you thought you were going to hear, so be it. But I'm a God that's wanting a generation that can have a little bit more space for me to be God. For me to move in my glorious understanding of what they need. I don't know you, but I know how many times, God, and at least these are the ones that I think I know, that I thought I needed something, and God understood that I needed so much more. And I want to have, have a relation with that God that knows how much we, I really need, how we need. As a church, as a congregation, with my friends, I want to be that person that is really there and available, that if God wants to really use me, or He wants to talk to me, I'm available. I don't want to have a timer on how God moves and does things. I want to be available. I don't want my appetite to run dry just because it didn't happen. And I was tempted to skip. 
Because God is looking for a generation that doesn't limit it. I remember back in the day, people will actually have gold dust. And if you don't know that, that means that you have like kind of a glitter. And I know that could sound very weird to you in this, this moment. But the presence of God every now and then will visit and do things that are outside of what we understand. And we have to come back to be a generation that talks about these things and are expectant of the things of God in this dimension. Because the world wants us to understand there's only smoke and lights. But the word of God comes to deliver us from this. And actually that's really cool and amazing. But we don't stand behind those because one day the switch will turn off. But our faith will become even more alive. Today we stand as a church, today the word of the Lord comes to say, hey, I want an appetite in your life that goes for glory beyond the appearance. David was there, there in, in Samuel 6, in 2 Samuel 6, and he was actually coming in with the presence of God, with the ark of God, and his wife saw him. David was trying to bring the presence of God because he understood that the glory of God would rest if his presence, his ark was there. It was a symbol but he understood the principle. This is the same David that was there trying to actually compose for God behind the mountain with the little few sheep that his brothers would describe his job like. It was the same David, but he remembered the God that he encountered there. He said, I know your glory so much more than what I can do, that we're outstanding. That where the season shows me I am at. Your glory is the only thing that I need. And he was later on in life ushering the ark. Dancing in front of the ark. Some versions would say that he was just in a, in a linen um, attire that looked like underwear. And that for the kings they should have been covered. And they should have some grandiose kind of coverings and, and, and layers of grandiousness and, and, and stones and so on. But David was more, more consumed by the presence of God and his glory. To bring the glory of God back than he was about just looking like a king. And David came home with the glory of God. And he was looking to set him in a place of preeminence. He was coming to Michal and he was, he was trying to say, God, I know that you are the center of it all. I don't care about what we win. I'm just caring about who you are and that you are with us and you are in the midst of us and that I can experience and I can actually have fruits of your glory, Lord. And, and he just came in. And he was not looking for the details of how he was dressed, essentially. But he was letting himself rip. He was letting himself go. And the presence of God probably was inspiring him to dance in, in that euphoric, very traditional way that when the Holy Spirit is doing something awesome in your life, you would do. Just to make it simple. But he was there. One of his wives, and essentially the wife that was the, the daughter of Saul, the one that was actually looking at appearances saw him. And the Bible says that she was disgusted of David. The one king that actually worshipped appearances, he had an offspring, a daughter that he gave to David as a wife. And that wife was the one that looked at appearances as well. 
that's another service. We got to go into that another day because we could get carried on. But I'm just saying at this moment, the capacity for us to have an appetite for God, for God can actually be tamed by the things that we have lived and where we come from. And God wants to make us free from that, from that jail, from that slavery. He wants to get us free from that because what it is more important in life is for us to follow the glory. Not only the presence because he's everywhere and we know it, but the glory, the manifested glory of God. That we develop an appetite. How we have, have we developed an appetite for God? What is our response to God? Do we respond to God out of need? Do we respond to God, our appearance or appetite? What is it? What is it that we do? Appetite calls for glory. Appetite calls for what is history-making material in each one of us. Glory will manifest the supernatural while we are there. And we got to understand that if we are not living the supernatural, we got to go back. It is not enough with provision. It is not enough with the miracles. It is not enough with the direction of God. We want the glory, the unexplainable of God. We want that that the world cannot give. That our emotions are little smoke machines and our lights cannot produce. God is not aggressed by all these little things. But if we lose the hunger, the appetite for Him, He's asking us to go back to being a hungry, a church full of appetite for the supernatural. I think we all can recognize areas in our life that we're lacking. We're lacking that appetite. Maybe we have lacked appetite in our relationships. Maybe we have lacked appetite in the direction that we're taking the decisions that we're taking. Maybe we have lacked appetite and maybe we are lacking appetite in the vision and the direction of life that we're following. Maybe we are lacking appetite in areas of our life that need healing. Not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. The Lord is saying, if you have an appetite for me, I can do all things way beyond what you can expect any mind. Imagine. The Lord today is saying, do you need some? Do you need some glory? Maybe there we can put in the, in the feed as a way of declaring today, I need the glory of God. You can actually use this as a moment of declaring in the area that you need the glory of God. We want to be a vulnerable church. We want to be having a moment, a conversation that is fluent. Because when the Lord sees there's humility, the Lord will bring His freedom. When the Lord sees they are open, there are people that actually are open of hearts, they are meek of hearts. I can inhabit that place. The fruits of the spirits are those. Is there room for God to manifest? Is there room for God to manifest His spirit of sacrifice? Jesus said, not my will, but your will. I will sacrifice what I think. I will sacrifice what I feel in the altar of what you know is best. God is asking us today to have an appetite for the altar, an appetite for the timing of God, an altar for the appearance that God wants us to have. If we look today like we're losing, so be it. If we have to look like the ones that don't know much, so be it. Do you have an appetite for glory? What are the people hungry for today? As a church, 
we are here to actually try to convey with the people that every appetite can be sufficed, can be filled by God. What are the people hungry for today? What are they looking for? God submits to every appetite. God himself, the strong God, the unfailable God, the one that is all omniscient and all powerful submits to our appetites. The people of Israel, they will all take what they wanted, how much they wanted. He will provide how much they were hungry for. How much we are hungry for the glory of God. Do we have enough only for the manna to be laying there? Or we want to experience what God has? Do we want to experience or do we want to take control of what He has given? The people of Israel were, were trying to either make justice to what He had been given them or he, they wanted to actually take control of it because they could store it. And God is saying, don't store off today my miracles because I got something fresh for you for tomorrow. Our appetite is not infused by our tomorrow. Our appetite is for our today. Our spiritual appetite is actually for our today. God is saying, hey, if you believe today, you will see a great thing. Don't save for your tomorrow. I got enough. God is looking more for our capacity. If God will fill us up with His capacity, none of us will be able to sustain it. Because God is overabundant. But He says that all of them were given the capacity that they wanted or they needed. Different versions, different ways. But essentially, God is saying, I got more than what you need. And if you stand with me, I will give you as much as you're hungry for. How hungry are we? How much appetite do we have to surrender? Because the provision of God will flow. The provision of God, the appetite, will control the flow of the hand of God in our lives. God is so good. This is so good about a concert. I've been to concerts and the people actually, they could do a great job. But to be very honest, if the people don't get into it, it's not a great concert. I've been into fights, MMA and stuff like that, you know, don't judge me. But I know that if the crowd gets into it, the fighters get into it differently. This is also true in so many levels with the movies that we see. And don't get me started with preaching. Don't even get me started. When I am in a place that actually pulls it out of me and they're craving for something of God, they have an appetite for something different, they will pull it out of you. I hate to preach in front of people that actually are not expectant. Not that long ago, I went to a prison and it was better than our church. Don't get, don't, don't get offended. Don't worry about it. But the people in the prison, they were hungry. They were hungry for something different. They were hungry for, for truth. And I actually had preached the same service two days before I went to prison. And the same message in prison was volatile, was insane. The power of God. People were just experiencing what the goodness of God in every way possible that you can imagine. And it was so good. I felt more, more free to preach in prison than I felt to preach in church. Because people were more hungry. 
My kids sometimes will ask me, are you going to preach about tomorrow, you know, on a Saturday night? And I would say, well, we're talking about this and we're talking about that. And when I'm explaining it, there's a presence of God, you know, and they say, oh, man, I wish that it would feel like this tomorrow. And it has left me wondering why sometimes on a Sunday, the same message doesn't have the same pull. Sometimes, sometimes who we are doesn't pull the hand of God. Sometimes, sometimes. And some final words as we continue and we close up. We don't want to be sitting in the table of someone else having expectations and a great appetite. I don't want to see someone else eating with such hunger of what God is actually giving them, but me not taking part of it. God is asking us a generation to be those that have an appetite that is voracious. And not only that, to teach others to have an appetite for the presence and the glory of God. Not to understand that God only, just He really welcomes us. Welcome home. Come as you are. That's great. But we want to we wanna hear the glory of God roaring. We want to see the miraculous exploding. We want to know that God is for us and not against us. We want to see the fruits of that. We want to be expectant. What has taken us back? What has taken our appetite? Maybe that's a question. Maybe for the ones that we have been following God for, for a further time. Maybe for if you're new, maybe this is applied to you. Just give me a minute. Let me talk to the older guys. The ones that could fake it better. Maybe you have lost your appetite because of pain or discouragement. Maybe you have lost your appetite because God didn't provide things that you thought you would have. In a specific season. But God is saying, can you renew your appetite for my glory? Maybe if that's you, is today a day to really surrender? To really surrender at the altar of life and expectations that we maybe have left go of an, an appetite that actually can suffice beyond our needs? Today, we come together as a church and this message goes forward to say, I can provide for you beyond what you understand and imagine but do you have an appetite and I pray in the name of Jesus for my brother and my sister father if any of us father hearing this message that you bring father in the name of Jesus feels a bit a bit tired Lord out of expectations and appetite Lord if we have lost our hunger for your presence Lord I pray Lord that father you would be able with your glory with your touch father during the week, talk to us, Lord, that you would get rid of the pain and the distractions. Father, the disappointments that have caused us, Lord, to lose our appetite, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we give it to you. Father, we want to be expectant of your glory. Not only have your angel walk through life with us and your, and your privileges, Lord, and your miracles, but we want to have your presence, Lord. As we pray, Father, I want to ask that my brother, my sister, hearing this, Lord, will be infused with such a power, a fire, Lord, a passion, Lord, that, Father, everything in their life, everything in their life, Lord, will submit to your presence in a very different way, Lord. In the name, in the name of Jesus, I pray. If you have not made a decision for Jesus and you find yourself that you have lost appetite for life 
if you have lost appetite to have meaningful relationships or even a relationship with God, if you have lost appetite to even handle your finances in a way that is productive, God wants more for you. God has everything for you. If you want God, if you have an appetite for Him to get into relationships that you have and to sort them out, God has it. He has what you need. But the Lord is asking, is really waiting for, for your demand. The most loving way, if you have an appetite for His glory, for His presence, for His action, the Lord will walk into your life and give you beyond what you can expect or imagine. If you have not making a decision, and this is why I'm talking to you, you can make a simple decision like this today, meaningful for the rest of your life and eternity. But the Lord is bringing something new home. He's bringing something new to your house, to your eternity. If you have not made a decision, you can repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me for my wrongs doing. I have done many things that I might not remember, Lord, but you know, And today I want to give him over to you, Lord. Will you forgive me? Will you forgive my actions, Lord? Will you come and reign in my life? Will you become my only Lord and Savior? In the name of Jesus, I trust you and I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did that prayer, your name is written in the book of life. And it's not about something religious that you do. It's about a, a way that you walk the way that you you spend time with Jesus. Get around people that are walking with God. If you don't have a church here in London, we want to walk with you. If you don't have a group of people you can belong that are walking differently, welcome home in that sense. You can come as whatever you have. And we know that God has done things with us beyond what we expect or imagine, and He can do it for you. So as we close, stay close. Read the Bible. Pray, ask Jesus for his person to be revealed to you. Ask a friend that knows Jesus what he thinks of him. And we'll see God doing great things in your life. May God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanger.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.